I am Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Yes, yes. Back with the newest episode of the Say Something Podcast. Say something, say something, say something. Where we get together and talk about stuff going on out here in the world that not only we think we should be saying something about, but that you should be saying something about. (laughs) Yeah, and people really don't like saying it, but you know, here we are. To speak truth to power, power to truth, right? It's important. It's uh, can't just hold your tongue, bite your tongue about everything. Got to get out here and talk. So, uh, biggest news going on out here in the world right now tonight, wherever you are, respectively in the world. I'm sure you witnessed the uh, the the final mic drop of one uh, President Barack Obama. Mm. As he gave his farewell speech, had folks in tears, standing ovation, no doubt. all that stuff. No doubt. Say what you want as a president, the man can definitely rock a mic. I mean, yeah, he's one of the best. <laughs> Bill Clinton was too, wasn't he? Yeah, Bill, Bill, was, Bill was solid. And, and Bill could really drive a point home. He had a degree of like charisma to mm-hmm. him. But, you know. The Negro can always talk good. The Negro has been able to. I mean, think about the leaders that we've had from the Farrakhan's to the Malcolm's to the Martin Luther King's um, to the Umar Johnson's. I mean, Negro has always been able to be eloquent in their speaking, you know, and Obama is no different. But at the same time, at the same time, I posed the question and I asked, what did Obama do for the black community overall? People are saying, well done. Um, I, I hate to see him leave, but are we trapped in that ideology of seeing a black person in this position that we were told when we were young that we would never get, or are we truly excited about all that he's accomplished? I would have to say a lot more of the first, but also both. Like, I think that regardless of your uh, political party affiliation or, or any of that sort of stuff. If you look at what he represents, like, so as for opportunity and for that glass ceiling that a lot of young kids never thought in their life and a lot of adults never thought in their lifetime they would actually see a ma- a president who looked like him married to a black wife with, 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 with black kids, babies, and, and that position... That does a lot for people psyche. Representation is huge. Representation yeah. is awesome, and I and I appreciate that. But that also shows you the lack of what he was able to provide for the black community, and why it made it so great that the powers that be put him in this position, regardless of how. I mean, you and I were talking offline before we got on. You were sharing that story about how you know you felt he was kind of handpicked. And I believe the same thing. I remember looking at a Time magazine, and I want to say it was in um, 2006 or something like that, right? Maybe 2005, and it was a Time magazine. I want to say it was 2005, actually. It was a Time magazine, and it actually said, um, you know, had Obama's face before he was running and anything like that. It said our next president. Yeah, coming up. So if you're not familiar, depending on how old you are. Uh, Barack Obama had a very short-lived political career. Mm-hmm. So he was a junior senator for a half a heartbeat, and all of a sudden he gives the speech at the Democratic National Convention, and they're automatically grooming him for the next spot 
for president of the United States. So whenever it comes to, though this is a republic, which is always important to remember as opposed to a democracy. And so it's about your, your representative. When you vote, you're voting between people who have been more or less pre-selected. Mm-hmm. Like it's not any average dude off the street. You're not making it to the final four. Like it's not coming down to 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 you and three other people for who's going to ultimately run for for leader of the free world. So the fact that he was a a young black junior senator with no real political uh, history, because sometimes you can find people who ha- who haven't been on the job long, but their daddy was a governor, uh, their uncle was such and such. George Bush, the one that who who uh, the the younger Bush, the one that Obama replaced. He didn't have a uh, come from a long line of, of politics, but his brother is governor of Florida. His daddy was a previous president. So those are examples of where somebody with not a lot of political history can make it to the top. But Barack came with none of that. Mm. So when you come to the table with, with nothing like that and all of a sudden they're telling you not hypothetically, theoretically, you can be president. But no, we, you to do we running with. Like you're going to be the next president of the United States. That does not just happen. And then your campaign raises more money than any other political uh, race in the history of politics. Nobody raised more money than Barack Obama either time. Mm-hmm. Like so, I, I just I just really think, and and I'm happy that you broke that down for the audience for the people that listen. And I hope that um, some of the trolls and you know some of the people that are out of their um, rationale and their emotions understand something like. When you look at the state of what America was for eight years of Bush, let's not even talk about the fact that how Bush got into office. Right. Let's not talk about the Florida. Let's not talk about that. They announced as Al Gore as our next president. And then in a few minutes later, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. We made a mistake. Some going on in Florida. And then all of a sudden here comes um, the Florida scandal. And here comes George Bush Jr. Right. And for the, the, the life of me. Any rational person, if you just had, wait, George Bush Sr., who only could do four, you put Bill Clinton, who did eight, rational minds will say, well, for the most of us who believe that the Clinton era at the time when we were living it because of the economy and things were happening, and I don't think that we were as in tune as maybe our parents were into the political process, me being a younger person, coming of age, being able to vote. Um, you looked at that moment of Clinton as being pretty decent, right? Yeah. Now, when you have that, why would you want to go backwards to something that you saw with George Bush? Because, of course, in that moment, again, you know, black people, even I believe I was a Democrat until you do some study and understand like Democrat, Republicans is all the same thing. And a black person doesn't fall in any of these parties categories. You look at it and be like, well, why would we go back to something that we've seen before? Right. So in that sense, when we go back now, drawing into what Bush gave us eight years of absolute chaos, hell, frustration, negligence, war and um, our our privacy being interrupted due to the terrorists. Right now, when you have a recession that hits, when you have people foreclosing on their house, people losing their jobs, people committing suicide, loans being flipped and ballooning to like 1500 to 5000 you have total chaos in america america is sinking quickly you have to bring a situation like obama 
when he first started and talked about hope, like Obama when he talked about change, when America and the course it was, and on top of that with with McCain and Sarah Palin being the adversaries to what Obama had to go against, there is no way you could tell me if you're a rational thinker to explain to me and tell me to fix to say that Obama was not planted in this position due to the fact that, first of all, just reading my Facebook messages, the minds of especially African-Americans are so easy to be tricked and fooled and to be um, taken for the gimmicks that they would rely on this person they can idolize and see as the next coming of Jesus because this is something that they've never seen before, something we never thought would happen and put Obama in a place of presidency and the residence of a place a black person was never supposed to be in. The fact that he had a wife, two beautiful um, young girls as, as his children, it was almost a perfect give take. We will take because we know what you will give and what Obama gave black people is the same old rendition and the same old song that every other president has given us. Okay, if you are coming off of, like I said, we always have to preface it to how old you are, if you're aware or not. When it came out of Bush's, Bush was going to get four years. He was going to get one term. 9-11 gave Bush a second, second term. term. Well, just just put it in yeah. proper context for those who may not yeah. remember or may not have been old enough. Yeah. So... With with 9-11 hitting and the image of Bush uh, coming off the aircraft carrier with the fighter jet in the background with the suit walking like Tom Cruise and Top Gun, uh, he had the American people behind him because in their mind, this was a bomb dropping president. So it, it, in, a, in a state where America wasn't sure what was going to happen, it was the first time that that that. In their eyes, something like this had happened on American soil. It wasn't the first time there was a terrorist act or used by planes at all in America, but for, for their intents and purposes, it was. Not sure about the threat, not sure what's happening. They had a president who may not have had the, the smarts and the wits and the cunning or the charisma as previous presidents, but he was a Bush and he was a good old boy and he was a bomb dropper. So there was a lot of Americans who got behind George Bush. That second term is it was really just about anti-terrorism that I don't need you to be smart about the economy. I don't need you to be smart about social issues. I don't. America didn't want political correctness. America didn't want uh, diversity amongst things. Hope change. America wanted a president that was willing to bomb somebody into a hole. That's what George Bush gave him. Now, along with that is, is this was a man who didn't know about economy, the economy. This is a man that they, they looked the other way on so many things. So when Bush's second term was up, the the real estate market was crashing. Uh, big industries were going under manufacturing plants for closing. People were losing their jobs. The, the economy was in free fall. There was no hope of recovery. So the United States of America was voting Democratic anyway. Like, that's why they put a black man up against a woman. That was on the other side of the coin. We're going to get a first something. Uh, John McCain and Sarah Palin was really just put some people up who were respectable, make it look decent. But everybody knew the nation was going to vote Democratic. So Hillary Clinton, 
it comes from a long line of, of money and, and political presence. Barack Obama doesn't. So when you pick somebody, when you select somebody to come off, he comes with less strings attached. So when you start going through the political circle to get Hillary, then would be the same, would be just difficult like getting Hillary now. She comes with her own agenda, her own pockets, her own ties to things, her own influence. Barack Obama didn't. So you put him up there, well-spoken, uh, half white, uh, carries himself well, doesn't look like he's going to be a real troublemaker. Uh, he looks the part, speaks well. He's the next president of the United States of America. And you forgot <laughs> one other thing. He's safe. That's what I'm saying. He, he, he's, he's not doesn't look like a troublemaker. He, he's not somebody who's coming to rock the boat. And he came with a philosophy of hope and change. He came with the philosophy that didn't actually in the in the message require you to do anything. No. Well, with which what a lot of people missed when he talked about hope and change. They were saying that he was the hope. Mm -hmm. He was the change. If you go back and listen to his speeches, the hope and change was not that he would bring it. The hope and change is that the people would change. Like that was what was in his message. Most people interpreted that as he was coming like Superman to save everybody. Yeah. He made a few deals which saved some jobs, put some money in the pockets of the people who needed to get it or who wanted who, who was, you know, who politically was needed to get it. Who, yeah, politically. Politically needed to get it. Uh, and uh, then go ahead. Come on, I'm just saying, I mean, no, no, keep keep going, keep flowing, you flowing. Yeah. So he you can't become president and raise all that money. This is any president. You can't become president, raise, all, get all this money raised and not owe favors. Yeah, and he definitely owed favors. And yeah. the whole thing about it, what I don't know why people don't get it. And, and, and it seems like, I mean, it's like I said, black people, we're so easily to be manipulated. I mean, it just, you give us that. And trust me, I, who wasn't on the bandwagon? Yeah, well, and who, and who wasn't it, on the bandwagon? Exactly. It wasn't just black people. It but, was, yeah. I mean, it, but I don't care about everybody else. Yeah. Like at this point in time, I'm not worried about everybody else. I'm I'm worried about my people because at the end of the day, I can't worry about everyone else's agenda because agendas during the Obama presidency for other individuals or other groups got taken care of. Now. Would it be a part of blacks aren't organized that we couldn't give the proper agenda? I would say probably would that. Have to, definitely have so. To but at the same time, the simple Negroes that we had that was supposed to represent us. Now, the thing about it is when you drink the Kool-Aid of hope, you really believe because, again, here it is installed in your mind. You will never, ever in your lifetime see anyone of color inside that white off, but that white house. At the end of the day, when you hear that. Off top, you're like, yo, it's actually about to happen. So you believe in that moment that, yes, everything, the Democratic, uh, uh, um, you know, party is the truth. The um, the the system of America and, you know, liberation, it's really actually a reality because they gave us something that we never, ever had. But let's stop the credits. They gave you something you never, ever had, because if you didn't get something you never, ever had, it would be Armageddon. Because at the moment in time where Bush had rocked it up so hard, not only for the blacks, but for the whites, because blacks have always been oppressed. Struggle wasn't so, new for us yeah, in the yeah, Bush so administration. It's like, welcome to our reality, um, white folks and uh, some other rich people. But in that moment, you saw something different and you really thought the world was changing for the better in regards of what you would think in the first 
half of his presidency. But that was just to get us excited, to get us to put our guns down, to get us to put our guards down. And then in that second term, that's when you really saw that the, the fix was in. Though I voted for him twice because I looked at it as he was black. He represented me. I wasn't going to vote the other side. I am saying facts are shown and proven that as far as a, when you look at Donald Trump, who's basically, even though he doesn't represent the most of the racist, um, ignorant, uneducated cowards that are just jumping up and singing the praise of Trump, he spoke their language so they could support him. And he gives two dams or Fs about what anyone thinks. Trump says it how he wants to say it, where Obama... When we want to talk about race, he never was forthright on it. Okay. When we want to talk about police brutality, he never really put his hands on it. When we talked about reparations, we never even talked about it. Okay, well, a part of that, going back a little bit, when it goes into Obama's administration, to, to also put it in, in, in its proper space, is that black people are the ones that let him off the hook. So when he became president, we was like, finish line. Like, we got a black person, black man in the, in the White House, we're done. Like he's just going to take care of things. It's going to be straight. We're going to be good. Whatever. He was never held accountable or held to the fire like we did every other president. He was never held accountable specifically to do to handle issues when it came to black people because we were under the uh, collectively other uh, the we got him in Barack's in the White House. We're good. Every other group that got something done under his term specifically put together a plan and took it to him. They didn't sit there and say, oh, there's a there's they saw an opportunity because they witnessed a black man in the White House. That means something is different. So if we couldn't get it before, we probably have the best opportunity to get it now with this guy before he's out and it goes back to business as usual. So I put like kind of what you, you originally prefaced it is, is how much of it was that we didn't come organized versus how much of it was that he wasn't the aggressor and coming at it to make these issues happen. He didn't do anything on his own off top. The the LBGT community, they took that to his doorstep. The Latino community took it to his doorstep. Women groups took it to his doorstep. We sat back on the couch with our hands up and our feet up talking about we got a brother in the in, in the White House. We good. And exactly. And that's what they knew that we was going to do. I mean, I, I can't. Like I say, the simple fact that I've never waited on no man. I've never waited on no woman. To take care of the business that I need to take care of. That's just facts. But in the same content, understanding what the moment meant. Listen, if you think that white supremacy after years, decades of genocide, centuries of uh, trickery, um, racism, right, of creating agendas to keep people oppressed, systematic racism. Right. You think that all of a sudden they're going to say here, let us all share the power equally You because Obama is president. Give me a break, man. That's never going to happen until the whole system is tore down. And the only thing I just don't like about Obama, because I, I really I respect the brother and I and, and, and I mean, you know, I love him as, as a black man, you know, and I love the fact that he um Stands in the position he stands in, regardless of my disagreeing or not, whatever. It's just, I sometimes hate that he tries to convince us about the democratic process. Like, really, he truly 
was appointed by the people when he was truly appointed by the powers that be. That's the that's the type of shit that I I well, really dislike. Well, I think what it is is that any any presidential candidate, like I said, the pre-selection process happens, and then you pick from that group. So you can say to a degree that the American people choose. But you're choosing out of who was already picked out of what group. It's not like when you fly on an airplane and they say, do you want the pasta or do you want the chicken? Mm. Like you voted for which one you wanted, but you were only voting out of the options that were presented to you. So when it comes to the de democratic process, I mean, Barack won by a landslide. So it wasn't even like, you know, all the, the, the chicanery and the, and the nonsense that went on with this elect the, the election before him and the election after him like he he popular vote the electoral college like he 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 was you know he he you didn't have to wait to the end of the night like and when it comes to what he represents one thing that i'll always appreciate my grandfather was still alive at the time and my grandfather was born in alabama in 1922 and in the course of his life how he saw america change you know i remember sitting in the living room with him my uncle and my cousin and I watched this man who was a strong man. Like he was a strong dude. I watched him tear up as he got to see the first black man elected president of the United States. That's a moment that though it wasn't what something Barack did. That's a, a moment that is attached to one of my memories that Barack is a part of. And I think there's a millions of Americans and specifically black Americans who have a similar experience that something that that moment represents something that you can say tangibly to your children, it is not just theoretically possible. It's not like it's just in the realm of possibility it could happen. Here is a real-world example uh, uh, of a black man who, uh, who well, we would say, quote-unquote, made it. You know, made it to the top, the most powerful positions, you know, the most powerful position individually in the world. And that means something. Like, that representation is huge. And, and so I think that what he did in that respect is 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 going to be long standing and important. But I think something that needs to be addressed and said something about in our day to day life and as we move forward, and especially when the new regime takes over in 10 days, is that the opportunity we missed, not what he didn't do for us, but what we didn't do for ourselves when that window, even if it was cracked, like if that just enough to get two fingers in. Like there was an opportunity that we could have pushed in an organized fashion to get more or something specifically for us that every other group saw the opportunity to and capitalized on. Yeah, and I, and I and I and I and I totally you know I totally agree, and I, I just don't I just don't like when people state the business of what the president is and go back into you know we play f too fair as black people. Well, he's the president for all of America. Well, I, I thought Bill Clinton, George Bush, Richard Nixon, and whoever else was Ronald Reagan was a president for all people. Yeah. But they sided more with their people. When it came time to pick a scapegoat, right? they all picked the same person. I mean, and, and exactly. <laughs> the same scapegoat for everything was who? Black folk. Yeah. So when Negroes forget the the years of atrocity that we've dealt with with the president, and then when Negroes talk about, well, you'll see with Donald Trump. I've been preparing for Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been every president aside to Obama. And you never know, Obama, we don't know all of the, the, the things that he's done 
to other countries as the other president's done meddling in their affairs. So, I mean, so let's not all look well, around. Well, and, and, and going with that is, is that that is actually a very good underlying point that a lot of people are not aware of. Yeah. So and, and explaining to you why when George Bush, second Bush was was pre- little, little, little Georgie when, when he was president, uh, his political uh <laughs> competency was, was was low. He was a C-minus student, became president of the United States. Well, his foreign policy was horrible. And there were a lot of nations that would not do business or even talk to him while he was president. And primarily, most of the nations of Africa wanted nothing to do with Bush. When Barack became president, his job was not for domestic needs. Like a lot of people don't get that. When you when you get in, become president, you have a specific job they want you to do. They care about your domestic policy and they care about your foreign policy. Bill Clinton had a great foreign policy in regards to he didn't meddle. He left a lot of folks alone and kept a lot of that money in-house and he strengthened domestically. That's why we had more money in our pockets. There was a lot of road construction, a lot of stuff being built. His foreign policy was like, I'm a lover, not a fighter. I ain't in your business. I don't care. And so a lot of nations to a degree respected that because it was for a short period of time that America wasn't meddling like we normally do. Gave Americans at home a lot more money. Bush had a horrible foreign policy and a lot of nations didn't want to deal with this. When Barack Obama became president, there was a lot of African nations who thought there was going to be a change in American policy because the face was a man from Kenya. Like his father was from Kenya. This is one of our guys. And a lot of doors opened to African nations, which allowed Americans to come over and get their exploitation on. Much like when you go through, there's a lot of areas where Chinese are all over Africa now exploiting. There's a lot of other groups who are who have been kind of picking at Africa. United States, the door was closed. Barack Obama got those doors open. So when you talk about foreign policy, there's a lot of stuff that's not going to be mentioned in his tenure that down the line can be very detrimental to a lot of nations in Africa because they saw one of their own and they opened the door for him. But it's not him. That's the issue. It's everybody that comes after him. So there's going to be some stuff that's going to be remembered about him 20, 30 years down the road that he was going to be the linchpin, the jump off to some problems over there. Now, old Barry, (laughs) you know, Barry Obama, I, I don't look at him as the savior for black people. I don't I never looked at him as the one that was had his cape flowing in the wind. I do think that we dropped the ball as individuals about not taking advantage, about not getting together, about not organizing when we needed to, because every other group did. Yeah. Every I mean, and that's and that's all that I mean, and in purpose of and fair and love and war, I mean that's all I'm saying. And that's all I think that people should get out of that emotional state and just simply look at it for what it is. People say the unemployment rate is the highest, but when you break down the unemployment rate, who's is still the lowest? Well, reverse. It's it's the the I know what you mean though. The, yeah. uh, the unemployment the unemployment rate across the board is, is lower. No. Was, uh, was lower, lower, it's lower, lower. But for black, black people, people, it didn't change. Exactly. Excuse it, me. Yeah, that that the breakdown on that. There are places in the United States where the black unemployment rate is fifty percent. So. I mean, it, you go nationwide, you start hearing stuff like 12 percent, 10 percent, whatever. And, 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 but, and so, you know, with, um, you know, education, it's all the same. The numbers are the same low for black people on all parts. Right. But still high in incarceration and high. And, um, you know, what I'm saying with uh, the murder rates, you know, just look at Chicago, what's going on over there. Nothing's really seemingly changed 
in our community, gentrification all over the place. Then when you look at those moments like with Flint, Michigan, it really wasn't a hard stance. It wasn't that deliberate, like we're going to give a payback to those people that are poisoning. It was actually him getting drink in the water saying, oh, the water's good. <laughs> then you have the henchmen who I think spent a majority, a majority, and this is just me, conspiracy theorists, whatever you want to call it, spent a majority of the last two years and a half of him being president to show us how powerless this president really was. Everything he tried to do um, attempted the, 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 the House, like, seemingly wanted to embarrass him by you know shutting down the government like who does that even when bush was in office and all the the the, the screw-ups he did there was never a a, a gov government shutdown but with obama it was like you know we're going to do the government shutdown so i understand in love and war how hard it was for him to interact and move and navigate within, within a system but i don't think that in the position he was in knowing they don't like me and I don't really like them. He really made it or even suggested it to the people and the people that were around him were just all happy to be at the table, to be there, having their, um, you know, their fine china and their, you know, forks and spoons and knives polished and was eating a meal at the white office. OK, well, I think that part of it and to give you an idea, because some people you look at his entire time when Barack Obama became president, the Democrats were in the position that the Republicans are in now. They had the House and the Senate and the White House like they they, they had full, full run to run ruckshop for two years when he became president. So what Barack Obama, but the job he inherited, there were so many problems. The stuff that he was able to push through without resistance in that first two years was the bailout. So people are like, well, you know, he. he he had issues, whatever. When he had a free reign to run through what he wanted, he spent those two years. He burned those two years plugging the holes from the previous administration. So after that, and there was the shift, he then started getting hit with every bit of resistance from the other side. Why that is important is because you 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 see high levels of disrespect you saw different uh political factions who cared more about embarrassing the president more about stopping what he wanted to do more about trying to show trying to flex on him than care about the, the what was best for the american people and though barack did it with a straight with a smile on his face and still talked about loving each other and reaching over the other side that is a mentality that a lot of black people have adopted when you, you talked about how we forget about stuff and have very short memory and we're the quick to forgive and we're the ones that, you know, you'll hear all the time. Uh, the shooting black person gets killed. Police kill somebody. The, the family comes out crying. I forgive you for doing it. Uh, something happens. We're the ones that say, you know, uh, we're the first to say, give them a hug and tell them it's OK because we ain't ready for what will happen if we don't forgive. As much as people like to say that we quick to ride and we quick to burn. No, we burn our stuff mm. or we burn where we're at. If we don't own it, it's in our specific areas. You could go back historically through the, the Watts riots. Through all this, that stuff didn't cross certain boulevards, mm -hmm. you know, and I think that that, that we're not in a position uh, organization wise to get what it is that we say we want. 
because we're not willing to organize in the sense of going through the proper channels to get it. And we ain't about that life to get it another way. Well, I definitely not going to be about that life to get it um, and take it. That's yeah, not, we ain't about that life. Negroes will talk about it all day, but Negroes ain't really ready for that. And at the same time, like I said, Negroes are just happy to be in the house or the White House and sitting down and just being able to say that I, I was there. I mean, we're very submissive. We're very passive aggressive. I mean, you know, once you see one Negro make it, you think you made it, even though you're in the same worst off position more than ever. I'm just not going to sit there and say Obama was um, the greatest thing that happened for black people because it was a, a great start. But for us to have that other opportunity, for us to have a real African, like full on African American, like full on no half or nothing. I don't think that would happen. Like I said, Obama was very safe. Obama was, I think, too compassionate. I think Obama was a little bit too submissive in a way. I think he, um, for all purposes of, of keeping it, it cool, or maybe his family and, 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 I don't know, protecting his, his, his children and his wife, he, I don't think he spoke up enough about the things that were really affecting us. I, I think that some of that privilege of being in that position he was in, I think it showed. And at the same time, you know, when I look at our people, in order for us to be able to be in a great position, we have to have a person that's daring. We have to have a person that is, is, is not unapologetic. And we have to be a person that is really looking at the scope of black America from the beginning to it currently that, you know, we need our issues challenged and talked about before others. Okay, but now does that person have to be in politics? I mean, you know what? We have plenty of brothers and sisters that are out here doing the work. But at the end of the day, when you're in that position of power, I'm telling you right now, I can argue about politics. I can argue about Jesus and and get all type of different feedback from other individuals, right? Yeah. But when I bring up about black people empowering ourselves, you're gonna hear a little chitter chatter, right? But I could post up about Jesus, um, politics that have really like nothing to do with simply what's going on with us right now here and there. I say something negative about one of the two people was gonna lose their mind. But when I sit there and talk about Hey, let's let's build infrastructure. People will say, oh, that sounds good. Hey, can you do donate to this cause? I, I don't know about that. I'll share it. I won't put the money up. So in the same content, I mean, black folk have always been. I think it is because we're so used to it now that it's all about. I'm going to get mine and you got to get yours. Okay, well then by that rationale, the pol the politicians that we've had that were supposed to represent us have been. Because your representative is a representative of the people. If you get a politician into office, whether they be mayor, governor, senator, or president, if the mood of the people is we're not organized to act, we're not making it a priority, we're not putting it above all else, we're not putting our differences aside for a common good, that's the representative you get. Your politician, your mayor, your governor is not organized for you, is not putting your needs first, is not making your what you want a priority because that's the people that he represents. So I think before we worry about who looks like us that holds a political office, it's more important that we change the scope of the type of people we are 
and then look at representatives because there are people out there who put black first. Now, you may not respect his religion. I'm about to go down the line. You what did you say? Wait, you, you said what? What were you about to say? Oh, no, I was saying uh, there are people who put black needs first okay. who aren't political, but now some have views of his uh, religious ideology. I would say the most organized of, of black Americans who gets the most done or the most influence is not Barack Obama, but is Louis Farrakhan. You know, if 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 Louis say I need two million black men on the streets on this day, you see two million black men on the street on that day. But we don't get behind a lot of his uh, business stuff because of some of his other views. We've had Dr. Claude Anderson for 30 years, 30 plus years, give a full economic blueprint for how we could recover. We don't listen. We've had smaller groups. We've had larger groups. Who tried to get together and up. so what is it going to take for us instead of looking because the representatives we're getting are the representatives that we should have mm-hmm. because they're not pushing for us because we're not pushing for us. So I wouldn't expect to get somebody in office who says I'm putting the black agenda first. I'm putting the needs of black people first because we don't put our agenda first. We don't put our needs first. We, we there's a lot of us could, could definitely change our situation in whatever region we're in to a degree. We can organize together more. We can practice group economics more. We can work on dealing with each other better. That doesn't require any political affiliation. But if we don't even do it on that scope, what is it that we could really expect from somebody who gets elected to office, who has a title in front of their name? Oh, man, you can't expect too much. You definitely can't expect too much. And in reality, when it all comes down to it, um, when you talk about and you, the way you broke it down and how we look at it, our, our, most of our... Leaders in a political sense, in a political form, have failed us. Um, a lot of our, we call radicalized leaders, some of them, the ones, some of the greatest ones that we've had, they weren't able to make it <laughs> yeah. as as far because, again, you know, the system knew how um, crucial they were to elements of oppression being lifted and um, how vital um, they were to the community but how vital they were to the destruction of white supremacy. So you can look it over there and see that what the system is. And then when you look at these different things, how can you so-called individuals pray and be uh, uh, happy and apologize for a president that we have in office when you've seen the string of things that the government has done? So all of a sudden, when did the government change? No, 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 I'm just saying like, like, I'm saying so, so, so no, seriously, like for these people. So where did the government change from the time of Watergate with Nixon to Reaganomics to the Bill Clinton three strikes? Like, when did we get people in this government that changed their views of the way things work like that right there by itself? When you go and just look at the last 20, I'm going to say 20, the last 30, 40 years of government. The presidents we've had, the policies they've conducted, how and where did it change now that Obama's in, now Obama can do ABC. You guys are a bunch of idiots if you think that then. Because in the same sense that all he did was continue an agenda, allowed a stretch of people to believe, because if it was really true that hope and change came and now we can see a shift and equality, a shift in liberation and freedoms and black people can stand up because we have a black president, then why in the hell are we having all of this flashback 
to the 1960s with Donald Trump. Because what's happened is, is that for people who can say that hope and change and that there was a shift, there are groups. The LBGT community will forever thank Barack Obama. There was a shift in government policy under his term. The Latino community will forever thank Barack Obama. There was a shift when it comes to, to immigration. There was a shift when it came to women's rights and discrimination that way. There was a shift. Now, there's a whole lot of people who will say that, that this Barack Obama administration did wonders for them. They're going to jump like those old Toyota commercials talking about, oh, what a feeling. But when it comes to the the day to day lives of black people in America, outside of an inspirational moment, outside of something that makes you maybe feel a little bit better about yourself, a little optimistic for the future, what could possibly happen? Your day to day life didn't change. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, like the struggle is just as real in 17 as it was in 08. <laughs> on 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 those social fronts if not if not if not it's it's even worse because the brunt of the people when the recession happened everybody felt it right yeah. everybody felt it in some kind of way now here goes the, the 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 rich getting richer and when you look at city to city state to state homelessness has become a problem not now in just centered locations, bigger cities. It's becoming a problem on outside the big cities, right? Yeah. You know, it's becoming a real big issue where I know homelessness from the time I moved to Sacramento in 2000 have, has um, extended from the years to year to year basis. Well, there's something specific about that. So we live in Sacramento, so folks may hear this if you're different other parts of the world. Sacramento has always had an, uh, I'm going to call it an issue, it's, a, it's had a trend of getting homeless because of our railroads that come through here. So there was a lot of people, like a hobo, you ever seen the old days, ride the rails and stuff? Well, a lot of them actually ended up in Sacramento. Now, a secondary part is why our homeless population spiked. One primarily is, is that Sacramento had nearly 30,000 homeless teenagers. Our spike of homeless teens jumped because our foster care system is horrible in a lot of ways. Uh, we had a lot of unaccounted for teenagers. Well, if you're homeless at 16, you're still probably going to be homeless at 18. Mm-hmm. So what, what turned from a number of homeless teenagers turned into homeless adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, the housing crash hit, hit hard in Sacramento. A lot of people made their money in this town off of real estate. So when that that's where a lot a bulk of people like if you go to Sacramento 10 years ago, 12 years ago, when people were prospering, the prosperous families, most of them made their money off of real estate and a lot of them lost their money on real estate. That led to a lot of homeless. And then the third part to that from the homeless to the to the real estate is Sacramento was homeless sympathetic. Mm. So between places like loaves and fishes and like our tent cities and stuff like Sacramento, some places are hard on the homeless. There's some there's some cities that treat homeless like felons. Mm. They don't want you here. Get up out of here. Like they just run you off the spot. Sack was 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 uh, homeless sympathetic. So people came here if you were homeless struggling from someplace else. So specifically to why our numbers increased here, there's a few nuances that are different than some other cities. But the fact is that under Obama's term, like there's a lot of people who felt the brunt of the Bush administration. Like a lot of people felt the struggle, but we didn't feel the recovery. So 
There's a lot of other groups now that as the housing market starting to come up, like talked about gentrification, where they're going into low income areas, buying up the old homes, remodeling them, revamping them with a lot of contracts who are going to people who don't look like the people who currently live there to sell the new homes to people that don't look like the people that currently live there. There's going to be a lot of people who come up on real estate, who come up on contracting, plumbing, electricians, who are like there's going to be a major boom and an influx in a lot of major cities over the next 10 to 20 years. And if we don't make a shift in some way, shape or form quick, we're going to be caught outside of this big boom that's coming. Mm. And that's not relative to who's president. So the the, the hope and the change, um, we would hope that we would changed over the last eight years in some of our policies and practices. But a lot of us didn't. Mm. I, I, I like I said, bro, <laughs> Negroes still support R. Kelly. Okay, so it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make me any way that the Negro will support everything, no matter what. If shoot, Obama could have you know bombed um, Israel twenty thousand times over and over again, right? You know, Libya, whatever. But in the same fact that we have to start looking at this thing on a bigger lens. That's why we continue to get um, swamped while we could keep on continuing to get, um, I think, the, they capitalize on our ignorance when we always define every decision, every idea with emotion and not rational thinking. Like emotionally, we're tied to Obama because he's a black man. Emotionally, we're tied to Obama because he's a father and he has a wife and that you don't see in most households in black America, right? So you the real life hostables. There you go. And for anyone to not believe that strategically the plans to keep the black man and woman and children oppressed are 20 years in the making on each level of how they're going to do on what rollout what they're going to do. Yes, let's enter the 2000s, this millennium, with something that they never would have thought. Let's give them a person of color. And here is a student that we're going to bring. The man from nowhere. It wasn't going to ever be Jesse Jackson. No. You know what I'm talking about? It was It was never going to be Messy Jesse. It was never going to be um, Reverend Jesse Jackson Jr. or anyone else. It was never going to be that. It was going to be exactly what they put a star, a good-looking brother, articulate man that really didn't know too much politically but was so elegant in his conversation and his move that he was going to take America by storm and he wasn't intimidating to anyone. He was safe. Yeah, didn't nobody think that, that you know, if you cross Barry, Barry Obama, that he was going to get him up. And he had a good back. He yeah. had a he had a good backstory. Negroes are okay. Negroes want to hear he was from Harvard. He, you can do it too. The bottom line: South Side of Chicago yeah. made it to Harvard. Yeah. Junior senator, clap, clap, president clap. of the United all States. Of it, all of it, all of it. Same black woman from college. Oh man, it's such a great story, and I love it. And I and I really truly love it. But at the same time, there's a flip side to every story. And bottom line, I mean, you can say what you want to say, but if black people don't take charge and start start saying we're no longer Democrats and Republicans and start saying we need our own party start saying we need to create our own economic system so we can actually really have a a, a seat at the table 
an important seat at the table, so we mean business, then we're going to be here again next year. We're going to be here again next year. Because and be again next that stuff year. is important and for some people to think about why the significance of an independent party. Well, there's no independent party that would rival a Democrat or Republican that was, a say, a, a black independent party. What the goal would be is that you get all black people uniformed in the sense of whom this is we all vote together. Like we vote through this party together. And then you use the leverage of all those millions and millions of votes to different parties like the same thing that you do that, that a lot of other groups do on a local level. They said they're saying, I don't care which one of you wins. I need whichever one of you. We're going to put all our votes behind who's going to get what we want done. So I need this, 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 this and this. If you deliver this, you got all we vote all for you. If you don't get with the program, we put all our votes to your competitor and go from there. You know, but all that stuff requires organization because we had eight years of a man that everyone's saying today inspired hope, inspired change, gave prospects to the future, gave, you know, something to give the children. And after eight years of Barack Obama, we're more focused on Soldier Boy and Chris Brown. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like we, we had eight years of all that imagery of a black man, black woman, two beautiful black daughters, the real life Huxtables, hope, change, compassionate, articulate, educated, didn't fly off the handle, didn't get, you know, all crazy and stuff. Like, OK, that like this is what we want. This is what I want my sons to grow up to be. This is who I want my sons to marry. This is who I want my daughters to marry. All that sort of stuff. And after eight years of the imagery, eight years of the presence, eight years of the picture. Our focus jumped like, like just the sun coming, like toast in the toaster. Now, well, yeah, we're, 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 like I said again, we're easy. We're easy to manip manipulate. We're easy to target. I mean, we are okay with whatever master says. We'll go for it. And when you said a question like, when are we going to like kind of figure this out? Like, what is going to take? I don't know what is going to take. Donald Trump's situation and how bad it's going to get. We'll see how seriously we're going to take it. See, something that I noticed for Donald Trump is, is that I don't think that that's going to be the linchpin because you're going to see a whole lot of 2018 cooning. Shit, 2018 cooning. No, 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 no. no, no. Here's why. <laughs> because there's this fear of this Trump backlash. There's a whole lot of people who think that it's about to get real bad for each individual group. Everybody, no one feels safe with, with Trump as president. So the LBGT women, uh, minorities of every so group. So there'll be more sellouts. Exactly. There's a whole lot of folks who think that that something is coming down the pike. And and in their minds, I'm going to get with the quote unquote winning team. So I, I see a lot of separation and division. I see a, a lot of like there was the one dude who was who was. Uh, oh, my God. I'm so mad. Miss his name. The dude that was campaigning for the appointed guy who was a part of the white supremacist group that was appointed to Trump's cabinet. They put a black dude as the face to say, I support this 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 pick. Uh, I can't remember the dude's name right now, but that's the sort of stuff that I think that you're going to see a whole lot of 2017 is going to be sketchy. People going to be feeling the water out that first hundred days. But that's what I fear 2018 will bring. And that won't Trump won't be enough to bring us together if that's what we're looking for. If Trump does what he says he's going to right, and the reality of what we deal with with Trump is exactly what some believe. If the Negroes don't get it, then then the Negroes will never get it. And the thing about it is what I have 
a, a such a, a, a confused look on my face whenever the story comes up. If there was some tampering with the election by the Russians, Intel has said what they've said. By anybody. By anybody. It reminds me of what happened with George Bush Jr. How can he become our president-elect? Like, how is this guy going to be the president with a looming allegations stemming from the the most like intelligent force that we have that's going to find anything and everything and pinpoint like how is this happening and that's why you cannot trust the political process because i'm confused like well if there's a shadow of a doubt that there's something going on yeah that it should be upheld. Well, if there's a shadow of a doubt that I cheated on a test, that test is going to be thrown out, right? Yeah. Well, the, the difference between this and with Bush is so the Bush issue came down to those hanging chads in Florida. Oh, yeah, definitely. Well, this is just so everybody's yeah. got, got the idea. The hanging chads was it was the old way you used to vote. You used to think of like punching, think of like a scantron, but except you punched it out. Well, there, the issue was is that some of the things didn't, com- people didn't completely punch them out. And anyone that wasn't completely punched out was voided out. So that's why they were saying that there was a bunch of votes that weren't counted because they weren't properly, quote unquote, filled out. That's sketchy. If you've got intel that says that there was tampering from an external force, meaning another nation, a competitive nation, a nation that's got a horse in the race about what happens with this country, there damn sure needs to be this thing needs to be addressed. And I think whatever other fears they were worried about with the, with the revote or whatever fears they're worried about with deeply going through and, and really looking at it, uh, I, I agree with you in the sense of that needs to be stuff that the American people take more seriously. Instead of being hung up on the idea that you got a president elect that's got, you know, Twitter fingers turned to trigger fingers and, and he's always, you know, talking on social media about what SNL sketch is done or what some actress says about him at an award show. You should be concerned about how we got there. And, and you should be concerned that if your government is willing, your central intelligence agency is willing to say that we think that there is tampering or. No, they said they know. No, 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 no. There's there's reports that come out not from their office. So and that little it's a little thing, but a big thing. So it's not the CIA saying that there was tampering from this. It's reports that say that's the case. The reason why that's important for two things. One, uh, because there's also the conversation of that's just the smoke and mirrors that the idea that there was tampering or hacking is just really just just throw that out there. Does there was it because it gives justification for uh, to some people's mind of how we got in there, but that's why they're not doing anything about it. If that's the case, that means there's some real bullshit written ready to come down. And if it's not, that should let you know that your government is off, that there would be real world threats of tampering and they did nothing about it. Either way, it screws up for the American people, but you can't trust a system like this, though. Like, I don't care. How the, you can't trust a system like this. You cannot trust a system that one allows. A man to speak the way he speaks and I can't knock his truth that's what he wants to believe but if we're going on the evolution of what allegedly these presidents are supposed to be well that's not him yeah. but in the reality that truly really is him <laughs> because he's just speaking his truth where all these other presidents beforehand have always been concealed to be sh- 
don't let them know you don't like them. Like kiss the black baby, though you you go. Well, well, that's newer. Well, I mean, because I mean, you go back to to previous presidents. Oh, they'll be real quick. They was there was there were their presidents calling yeah, calling black were, folks niggas without hesitation. Well, there were in the sense of the times that's when where. it was still socially acceptable and socially accepted to do that. But in a quote, the quote, the more liberal, the more we all are equal times. No, they're like ah, the way we systematically continue this race we're going to start creating systematic racism to where we will smile in your face you may even give you a job but you're going to give you hell all through the line yeah. right so in that sense you have now this guy that's going back to what you said to the old school of things to call it how he see it and see it how he which, calls it which why i think that's not to cut you off why i think is important is because like i said the previous the, the representatives that black people have in politics are actually representatives of the people we don't put our needs first we don't sit there and put our ideologies aside and make our agendas paramount so we don't that's the type of representatives we get he represents the people that voted for him that crass stuff he says the coming slick talk the talking yeah. bad about this he represents the american people yeah i mean I he's their guy he's their guy and that's why he's in it that's why we're in the situation we're in and there is going to be uh more situations like this and at the same time I don't think that it's going to be good for anybody because there's a too much animosity right now. There's too much animosity and the animosity is going to create a volcano eruption. And unless he comes in and really focuses on gluing America back, which I highly doubt, or trying to be as... Um, as intelligent as he is in business to help get America, um, you know, which is I don't know, I, because I think there's only certain groups in America that really need to help because, I mean, you know, yeah. the, the economy is not bad, but to, to set some kind of different agenda that other presidents haven't had before him in unity, this thing is going to get bad quick because well, people are sitting here just waiting to erupt and blow the vol uh, well, volcano. Well, there is a fix for that. And it's one that has been done historically, specifically in this country. Now, what's that? Whenever the way that you want to unify the issues of much domestic problems, and this is why I, I think that this is so important to anybody who's a current serviceman, or if your babies are in the service, it's important because the way to do that is war. If you have a bunch of these issues domestically, where you have problems, where people are getting along, a one come almost surefire way to, to branch the, your nation together, because there was social problems leading into 9-11. It wasn't like everybody was was uh, uh, on the cool and everything was straight. But but the, the bombing of 9-11 and going into to war unified that country and gave a pacifier on a lot of stuff for, for, for a good little, good little oh, while. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, that was so, perfect. So time. you go to war, and I mean real war, which is the type of war that happens when you keep sending shots over to global leaders and almost telling people, I'm willing to pull your car to see if you're about that life. It will get you into a big enough war that a lot of these small issues, regional issues, domestic issues on the home front are going to be put on the back burner because you're now faced with a real world global issue. America go to war with Russia. America go to war with China. That's a big deal. 
It's not like you're sending a certain you're not sending 30,000 troops to a small part in the Middle East to 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 occupy a base and and work on a regime of 2000 people. You're talking about a real world issue, global ramifications. You think they're going to care about Ferguson if all of a sudden you're dropping bombs on Moscow? You think they're going to be caring about the water in Flint, Michigan, when they're sending out thousands upon thousands upon thousands of troops? People are being re-enlisted and they talk about reinstating the draft because they need soldiers for for nations the size of China. <laughs> like that war is a surefire way to fix a lot of those domestic problems. And if people don't think that that stuff is real, look at what your dude is doing. Mm. Look at the loose talk. Look at look at the publicly saying I'm skipping Information meetings. Yeah, crazy. Right? I'm not bothering to go to my debriefings. <laughs> I'm spending all my time on Twitter, sending shots out over to Russian leaders. I'm I, I'm I'm Meek milling it over there. Talk about I'll bomb you back to back. <laughs> I'm gonna bomb you like, back like, to like, back. Like, 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 like this guy, the Apprentice, the guy who had to show the Apprentice, is our president. Yeah. With allegations looming of him in uh, um, some sex oh, they child already, they scandal. They already buried that. You know, they already take care of that. They they had the, the school scandal with his college or whatever like that. And all of the racist undertone that has sparked like America or has sparked these individuals to Get back into feeling like, yeah, we can get our hoods back on and it's good. And the uneasiness it's, it's created in America that we are so unsure of what it's going to be. What's how is, is it going to be war? Is it going to be just us getting overly taxed? Is it the rich just going to um, cut all of the um, public policies and the um, government federally government ran um, organizations and um, you know some of the federal money going to certain programming is that gonna go it just it's just it leaves an uneasy situation I am hopeful in a sense that I hope it allows black people to start really working together and, and assuming position that we need to assume but if the whole thing starts crumbling as you said um, you know there will be a lot of um, Negroes switching sides because I just believe that I don't see many a rich alleged liberated Negro falling into understanding their monies, their access is now needed for an overall community, an overall community of people to do the right thing. I really see Negroes because it's safe. Like Negroes don't want revolution. Negroes don't want to to have to worry about looking for a meal for five days. Negroes don't want to not have it to be on a phone and access to not see their loved ones or access to just not move around the way they move. Negroes want to be in the European cars, watch the European TV, watch the European sports. Negroes love all of that. For a Negro to be uncomfortable in America, the revolution would change all of that. And I do not believe that black America is even remotely for all the revolutionary so-called Negroes who are excited about it are remotely ready for this kind of um, opposition if it comes. I'm hoping that it doesn't because we are not prepared but if it does <laughs> because as we start looking at things as, as a people 
And like I said, the regime changes in 10 days. And for everybody, for what you thought the, the Obama administration was going to bring you for what it did or for what it didn't. Uh, moving forward, you're going to have to stop looking to just whoever your elected official is. And that's more than just your president, your governor, your mayor, your senator, your congressman. You start looking in your household. You have to start looking at the decisions you make on the regular, the practices that you have amongst your community, amongst your co-workers, amongst your, your brothers and sisters, your mom and your daddy and your babies. Because looking up to the sky for somebody to come in and save you, Superman's not coming. And organization is necessary. It, it's past the stage of, of it being uh, a good idea that the only way we're going to get there is together. There is no single spot. We've learned over and over and over again that trying to do it on the solo, trying to go for personal agendas, the collective continues to suffer. And so as we're going to talk about what the previous president did, we're going to talk about what the next one's about to start doing. And we're going to talk about all the stuff that's going on. We need to say something about our own behavior, say something about the way that we're moving, what we're doing or not doing, what we're involved in or what we need to get a part of. And I think that that's just something that, you know, we need to say something about. Say something, say something, say something. We always thank you and appreciate you for checking out the Say Something podcast. I'm Jermaine Morris here with the one and only Mr. Barry Axius. Where can they find you online, sir? Uh, well, you know, they can find me on Facebook, Barry Axius, and um, Instagram at Team Boy, and Twitter, Barry Axius, B-E-R-R-Y-A-C-C-I-U-S, as I'm strolling down looking at all the upset people about me talking about Obama and everything else under the sun. I'm Jermaine Morris on Facebook, all uh, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Periscope, all that stuff is at CEO. If you're in the Sacramento area, by the time you hear this, we'll still you still have time. On January 28th, it's a Saturday, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., Brother Barry and I will be holding the second annual Manhood Mentoring Conference. If you've got a young man, 12 to 19, it's a free event, lunch provided. We'll be covering the subjects of healing, conflict resolution, moving on from adversity. There'll be guest speakers, activities, the whole nine to help instill some, some important information and tools into some young men who could definitely use it. You know, that's something that we're going to try to say something about, and we want you to come on out. Where can they register their youth at? One voice of the youth at gmail.com. One voice of the youth at gmail.com. Bring your children and let them get healed. Let us come up with solutions and let's build. Sons, nephews, grandsons, kid down the street, Craig and them, anybody you know who can get this information is definitely necessary. We appreciate you for listening. Until next show. Say something, say something. And we'll holler at you later.